everybody. Welcome to Reframe, a podcast all about becoming a better version of yourself. Don't worry, this is all going to be backed by research and personal experience, so we're sure to get you from version 1 to your 2.0 self. Hi, my name is Via and I'm a relationship coach, creative designer, songwriter and Twitch streamer who has a passion for podcasting. In today's episode, we are going to talk about how you can control your mind with science-backed strategies. So once again, sit back, grab a drink, snacks, whatever makes you comfy, and listen in. Okay, I have a question, alright? Have you ever experienced overthinking, worry, stress, anxiety, or wandered into the kitchen wondering why you went there in the first place? If you said no, you might be a robot, this is not for you, but if you did say yes, you're human and you're not alone. Fortunately, the human mind is a wonderful part of you and you have agency over it. So in today's episode, we'll look at mind control, the benefits, and how you can adopt new skills to control your mind with science-based strategies. First of all, what is mind control? Well, mind control is a skill you can develop to gain self-awareness and maintain balanced thoughts that positively influence your mental and emotional health, physical health, and even relationships. So for those who've ever struggled with overthinking, worry, stress, depression, or anxiety, mind control is a great skill to develop and integrate into your life. In fact, by intentionally engaging your mind in a new way of thinking, you can rewire your brain. Yes, you can. Now, mind control involves intentional practice and activities that include mindfulness, meditation, gratitude, um, positive visualization, goal setting, physical activity, acts of kindness, limiting your exposure to negativity, and setting boundaries internally and externally. So now we know what mind control is, but what are the benefits of it? Well, it affects our overall well-being and physical health because your mind, body, and emotions are inextricably connected. Put simply, how you think influences how you feel emotionally, and how you feel produces chemicals in your brain that affect your physical body. Research points to the many benefits of mind control, including increased focus and productivity, improved emotional well-being, reduced stress and anxiety, Um, improved physical health, better relationships, higher life satisfaction, greater self-awareness, and of course, a higher sense of purpose. There's a quote by David Hamilton, and he says, as we change our mind, we change our body at the cellular level. And that is so true. But what happens when we're passive about what comes into our minds? Let's go check. Here's the thing. The negative impact of unwanted thoughts harms our mental, emotional, and physical well-being. The reality of our mind-body connection means that our unwanted thoughts could be more than just a distraction. They could influence our overall health as well. So a lack of mind control and negative unwanted thoughts may cause increased stress and anxiety. It may cause depression, overthinking, low self-esteem, poor decisions, reduced coping capacity, weak relationships, lack of focus, increased reactivity, and anger or dissatisfaction. So let's dive into a few simple science-backed strategies you can use immediately to control your mind from unwanted thoughts. (music) 
Alright, first tip. Filter your thoughts with the 6 in 6 rule. Shola Richards, an expert on building positive work cultures, uses a powerful and straightforward thought filtering process he calls the 6 in 6 rule. So what that means is that when you're in a state of worry or concern about a particular issue, you take a minute to ask yourself one simple question, okay? And it's this. Will this situation still be a big deal in my life six months from now? All right, let me repeat the question. Will this situation still be a big deal in my life six months from now? Now, if the answer is no, don't give yourself more than six minutes to think about it. Using this method, you can avoid putting unnecessary mental energy toward things that don't matter in the long run. On the flip side, you permit yourself to spend your mental energy on things that matter most. And the science behind this rule comes down to focus and attention. The more you can build intention around your thoughts and avoid being reactive to them, the more likely you'll see an improvement in your productivity. Ultimately, you have the agency to choose the thoughts you let your mind focus on. Next tip is to apply the true helpful kind method to your thoughts. So the true helpful kind method is a method people use to determine if they should say what they're about to say by using the filtering questions. Is it true? Is it helpful? And is it kind? I'm sure you guys have <laughs> like heard about this. And if not, you're welcome. This is important for mind control because research shows that overthinking can cause sleeplessness, depression, anxiety, and even affect your relationships and ability to make decisions. Here's an example of what this looks like in real life. Let's say you're about to go into a job interview for a job you're very qualified for, but perhaps you're feeling anxious and ruminating in self-doubt. You're telling yourself, I'm one of 300 people who applied for this job. It must be a mistake that they picked my resume out of the pack, right? Why would they choose me? Maybe I'll just cancel. I'm not smart enough. This is going to go terribly. Ask yourself the three questions, right? So is it true? No. There's likely a reason they picked your resume out of the pack. Second, is it helpful? No. Your thoughts about bailing when you're nervous are rarely beneficial. And the third question, is it kind? Definitely not. You're qualified. Beating yourself up is unkind. Next tip is to map your emotions. Your emotions impact your body in various ways. Your feelings can also help you determine the root cause of what's happening in your body and what to do next. Using tools like Plutchik's Wheel of Emotions and others can help you gain self-awareness by determining the core emotion you're feeling and recognizing the emotions of others. Don't worry, I'm going to link that in the show notes just in case you have no idea what the heck I just said. <laughs> so it's Plutchik's Wheel of Emotions. So for example, you may say, I feel out of control. When you look at an emotions wheel, you can see that your feelings link to the core emotion of fear. Knowing that, at the core, you might be afraid, you can ask yourself, what am I actually afraid of? Identifying and naming your emotions more easily helps you better understand yourself and your thoughts and communicate with others. Next tip, ask yourself, what's the best that could happen? Positive visualization is an excellent way to reframe your thought patterns. But how do you do it? A straightforward method is priming your brain to think differently with positive focused questions. You've most likely heard people say, what's the worst that could happen? Now, while this question means to be encouraging, it primes the brain to think the worst, right? Because you just said the worst thing. 
Instead, ask yourself what's the best that can happen. By priming your brain for a positive outcome, you're more likely to process what's possible. Here are a few scenarios where you might find that reframing your mind will be the best thing to do. First is going to a job interview, of course. Um, you could also say it to yourself before your first day at a new job. Tell yourself this before you're about to give a presentation, when preparing for a first date, before a difficult conversation with maybe your mother-in-law, or maybe even before heading to a networking event or party where you don't know many people. Next up, be mindful of your triggers. So the American Psychological Association defines a trigger as a stimulus that elicits a reaction. Triggers vary from person to person, but a negative experience usually influences them. When someone is triggered, they experience an emotional or physical reaction that might lead them to a pattern of thought that spirals them into confusion, anxiety, or even violence. And you know what? Some people don't even realize they've been triggered when they do. So for example, they may suddenly feel their mood change or their mind start spinning, but not really understand why. Preventative skills like practicing mindfulness can be a helpful tool to raise your self-awareness about what's happening in your body when you're exposed to triggers so you can name your feelings, thoughts, and reactions, and also recognize how you might be triggered in the future. Therapy is also a great way to identify and process your triggers. Alright, one of my favorite tips is to flip the script on your younger self. Many people find that their bathroom mirror is an easy place for self-criticism and judgment to ruminate. Spiraling into negative self-talk, some people walk away from the mirror depressed or out of sorts. Can you relate? Oh, uh, well, if you do, it's time to flip the script. In a recent episode of the On Purpose podcast, again, we'll link that in the show notes, Jay Shetty interviewed Kendall Jenner about mental health. As Kendall Jenner described going through the process of healing, she shared an idea she got from her therapist who said to put up a childhood photo of herself in a bathroom mirror. Now here's the kicker, right? Would you speak those exact words of criticism and judgment to the child staring back at you? The likely answer is no, right? This simple step is a great way to give yourself pause before you go down a self-criticizing thought spiral. In psychology, this is similar to the empty chair technique. It allows people to gain a different perspective on their internal conflicts or struggles. In the case of speaking to your younger self in the bathroom mirror, trying this approach might help you experience more self-kindness. And we all need a bit of that once in a while. Next up, take a five minute breather. When you're busy and your plates are spinning, you may be tempted to power through and get it all done. But research suggests that this may be counterproductive and lead to burnout. I am the best example for this. <laughs> but by taking 5 minute to 30 minute breaks throughout the day increases your energy levels, making you more productive in the long run. You see, in the heat of the stress, it's always best to take that 5 minute breather to regroup. Walk around the block, practice mindful breathing, or chat with a friend. It's valuable to get out of your element. However, to maximize the benefit of your breaks, build breaks into your day for stress prevention, not just intervention, if you can. Moving on to the next tip, rewire your brain with goal setting. When you set a goal for yourself, it helps add meaning to the task at hand. 
Goal setting drives motivation and also enables you to focus. Similar to positive visualization, a goal can give you a picture of what's possible and clarity of mind. Research shows that goal setting rewires your brain toward achieving your desired result. So, to get yourself started, check in with your emotional temperature in the different areas of your life, which may include business, how do you feel about your work and career, your friends, like how do you think about your social life, your family, how do you feel about your relationships with your partner and family, personal passions, are you getting fulfillment from activities you enjoy, then finally your health, how are you feeling physically? All right, next one is budgeting your values. Knowing your values is a great way to gain self-awareness and clarity about who you are and what you want out of your life. When life gets confusing or you're in a situation where you're unsure about what decision to make, revisiting your values can help you make the right next step for yourself. By revisiting your values in the same way you might review your financial budget, you'll be able to evaluate your decisions and measure them against who you're becoming. For example, suppose one of your values is generosity. You might look at your calendar to determine how you might show up this week with generosity. Maybe it's bringing a meal to a friend in need or like volunteering at your local food bank. All right, one of the easier ones in this list is to enjoy a positive distraction. Guess what? Not all distractions are counterproductive. <laughs> when you're stressed or stuck in a negative thought pattern, one of the best things you can do is take a mental break and enjoy a positive distraction. Research shows that a positive distraction can impact your brain in such a way that it increases performance. Companies including Google, Facebook, and others implement play into the corporate culture because they know that it increases productivity and well-being. Next up is use your senses. One easy way to get in tune with your mind and body, especially when you're feeling anxious or stressed, is to take a few minutes to check in with your five senses. So ask yourself what you hear, see, taste, feel, and smell at the moment. Go through each of the five senses one at a time, and therapists call this a grounding exercise, which can help you relax and focus. So what do you hear? Close your eyes, pay attention to the sounds around you, what do you notice that you didn't notice before? Next, what do you see? Look straight ahead, then to your right, left, above, behind you. What do you notice that you didn't before? Third thing, what do you taste? Notice what's on your tongue. Can you still taste what you last ate or drank? What do you feel? Notice the tips of your fingers, how your clothes feel on your body, how your feet feel in your shoes. And then finally, what do you smell? Close your eyes and take a deep breath through your nose. What memories do you associate with the scent? The next tip is to express your thoughts and feelings. Gaining self-awareness is a great way to understand your thoughts and control your mind. It turns out that expressing yourself is also good for your physical and mental health. Research shows that when you bottle your emotions, they don't simply go away. Often, your body absorbs unexpressed emotion in the form of increased cortisol levels, which can lead to physical and mental health issues. It's, yeah, it's a thing. Some of the best ways to do this are by journaling, which I do all the time, or sharing your feelings with a close friend, which I also do 
a lot of the times. You can start small with some simple reflections at the end of the day, or you can go deeper and invest in yourself by talking to a therapist. Other ways to express your feelings may be through art, singing, dancing, poetry, or music. Here's another important tip, right? Limit your exposure to negativity. Terms like doom scrolling and headline anxiety are becoming more common as people have more access to news and events than ever before. Though we're more connected than ever, extensive exposure to negativity can negatively impact your mental health, including increased depression and anxiety. It can also affect your coping capacity and reduce your resilience. Here are some easy ways to limit your exposure. One, turning your notifs off on your phone. Two, limiting your time to maybe 30 minutes a day looking at the news. Third, reducing your social media check-ins to three or five times a day at a max. Again, this is an example. You don't need to do this exactly, but it's a start. And then fourth, you can also carry a book with you to read for those idle moments when you'd be tempted to check your phone or maybe bring an iPad. And there you have it. This is, folks, the end of our episode for today. I hope you found this valuable. And if you have any thoughts, concerns, comments, you can just shoot me a message. My email is available in the show notes description. And just a reminder, I will be dropping the two links that I mentioned that I will be dropping. And I hope you can check those out. They're very valuable uh, resources. And yeah, until the next one. Bye, guys. <laughs>